0: Rotted black pipes leaked gas into antiquated kitchens. Drunks passed out with Marlboros between their arthritic fingers. Pyromaniacs, half-crazed or half-witted or both, set light to trash cans and gas station bathrooms and flophouse porches and dry stands of grass. What didn't burn by accident or for sport burned for cash. Arson was epidemic. Landlords and investors charring the last scraps of profit from decrepit properties. A depressing number of which were worth more as heavily insured ruins than as cheaply rented apartments or vacant commercial space. Some shifts, it seemed all of Worcester might burn to the ground. In the worst years, an engine crew would routinely fight three fires in a single night, and five wasn't uncommon. After a decade on the front lines, a flaming warehouse wasn't a particularly formidable foe. Potentially dangerous, sure, but predictable not exceptionally different from a hundred other skirmishes Mike had been through. He knew the best attack was in close. A a two-and-a-half-inch line sprayed out roughly 250 gallons every minute, enough to wash the life out of most medium-sized fires. But if the stream missed the flames, if it fell short and hit nothing but superheated air, all that liquid would atomize, instantly mushroom into steam, blow back and down in a scalding vapor. So he ordered his men, nearly blinded by the smoke and hobbled by the weight of their gear and the hose, to keep inching forward. Another 15 feet, 20 at the most. Mike was judging the distance to the flames, not just by the heat, but also by his fresh memory of the building. This was the second time that night Engine 4, along with three other engines, two ladder trucks and the rescue squad, the normal complement sent to a working fire, had been dispatched to Jake Street a short block of squat brick warehouses and machine shops along the tracks of the Providence and Worcester Railroad. The first alarm for 82 Jake Street came in just after dinner, when the men in the Park Avenue station were wiping the last drops of gravy from their mustaches and splashing their plates into a sink of sudsy water. Three tones sounded, abrupt and abrasive, electrified burps. Then the dispatcher's deadpan voice from the speaker bolted to the wall, Engine 2, Engine 4, Engine 5, Engine 10, Ladder 4, Scope 3, Rescue 1, Car 4. Striking Box 1575 for a reported structure fire at 82 Jake Street. A dozen men working Group 3 out of Park Avenue, four each on Aerial Scope 3 and Engines 4 and 10, were moving before the dispatchers started repeating the assignments, hustling into their turnout gear. Most of them pulled on long boots that rose to the middle of their thighs, just above where the bottom edge of their coats would fall. A few, including Mike, stepped through the legs of newfangled, fire-resistant pants and into shorter boots. In less than 12 seconds, every man was on his designated truck. The officers took the seats on the passenger sides of the cabs where they could yank the air horn cords and toggle the sirens on and off. On the ride south along Park Avenue, each man except the driver slipped his arms through a fire-resistant coat hung on the back of his seat, the sleeves already laced through the straps of an air tank. When Mike's boots hit the pavement outside the warehouse three minutes after the first tone, all of his men were ready to square off against an inferno. But there wasn't much of a fire left. When the first flames heated the air to 165 degrees or so, tiny metal plugs melted in the sprinkler heads plumbed through the building, opening the spigots and dropping a heavy shower on the fire. The only thing left for the firemen to do was shut off the main valve to the sprinkler system, soak a few embers, and then track down the owner of the building to tell him to replace his spent sprinkler heads and board up his doors and windows. A quick knockdown. Thirty minutes later, they were back at the station, scrubbing the dinner dishes. If the fire had been accidental, then the sprinklers had saved the building and protected the men who came with their hoses and axes and ladders. If it had been arson, then it had been merely a setup fire, a prelude to a bigger, more devastating and dangerous blaze. With the sprinkler system disabled, the flames from a second torching could get a jump on the fire crews. In the unimpeded minutes before the fire department's arrival, two or three isolated ignition points could engulf the entire building. The second alarm for 82 Jake Street came in three hours after the first, shortly before 10 o'clock. Dispatch announced the same unit assignments, and all 12 men at Park Avenue, plus eight more from the Webster Square Station and ten out of Central Street, quick-stepped back into their gear and onto their trucks. When Mike hit the pavement the second time...